Hello everyone and welcome to my podcast. I'm Jordan Lewis and this is Searching Scripture. Each episode I go over questions that I might be having for myself or questions that I get asked and share with you all what I find. I believe that the Bible is a complete and true word of God and that there is nothing in the Bible that God didn't allow there as well as nothing left out of the Bible that God did not want out. Join me while I answer today's question using scripture. Hey everyone, I'm going to start right off by saying why I chose today's topic of prayer. Uh, I chose this because in all honesty, my prayer life needs some work. Um, In fact, my prayer life needs some serious work. Uh, If you remember, I mentioned in the past that most of these topics I do are every bit for myself as they are for you guys. Uh, If you're anything like me, then prayer's always been a difficult task for anything other than praying before bed. Uh, I'm constantly forgetting to pray before my meals. Uh, Not the end of the world, but I like to be thanking God for having enough food for my family. And just, you know, I straight up forget. I tell myself that I'm going to pray every day for someone who's struggling with their faith. And two weeks later, I remember I haven't done it at all. And about 90% of the time when I do pray, I feel like I'm just talking to myself, uh, saying things that maybe I think sound good in my head, rather than the things God actually wants to hear. So what I want to do today is not talk as if I have prayer figured out, but more like you and I are going to be learning as I go. Um, I want to talk about ways that we can improve our prayer life, I want to talk about what scripture says about when we should pray, how we should pray, and why we should pray. So first question is, why do we pray? Well, we pray for many reasons, but the main reason we pray is to have a consistent relationship with our Heavenly Father. Prayer is an invitation to fellowship with God He wants to know us through prayer and to communicate with us through prayer. You know, it's what a blessing that our Heavenly Father allows us to come to Him directly. Um, God wants us to be praying. Ephesians 6.18 says, And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Some might ask, but why pray if God already knows what we're going to say? Again, this goes back to God wanting a relationship with us. Just because he knows what we're going to say doesn't mean that he doesn't want to hear from us. I recently read a book called Start to Follow by Greg Lowry, which um, I'll be referencing in here a few more times, but Lowry says uh, we might expect God to give us all that we need for every situation all at once in one big package but that's not the way it works in fact that would be dangerous god has a lot to give us but he gives it to us as we need it prayers bring us into dependence on god as he works in our life uh, i had heard a great analogy on this topic once while listening to the radio it says a boy was finally going off to college which was a few hours from his parents. His dad had told him if he went to college that he would pay for his tuition. 
So the boy went to his father and asked for the check. His dad wrote a check for the first quarter and gave it to his son. When the boy noticed this, he asked, Why don't you just make the check out for the entire year? His dad replied, You come home every quarter and I'll give you another check. So you see, rather than giving his son uh, everything he needed all at once, he gave it as he needed it which also allowed for his son to come back to him when he needed more and uh, keep a close relationship where he can see his son. Uh, It's obvious that we should pray all the time. Um, There are many reasons why we would pray, but let's take a look at a few reasons that James says we should pray. Um, James 5, 13 through 20, it's titled The Power of Prayer. In verse 13, it says, Are any of you suffering hardships? You should pray. Okay, so James is telling us to pray during times of trouble and suffering. Verse 14, Are there any of, uh, are any of you happy? You should sing praises. James is telling us here, rather than treating God like a spare tire and only using him when we need him, to make sure to be praying when times are good and let him know how thankful you are for it. Uh, Verse 15 says, Are any of you sick? Uh, You should call for the elders of the church to come and pray over you, anointing you with oil in the name of the Lord. Such a prayer offered in faith will heal the sick, and the Lord will make you well. And if you have committed any sins, you will be forgiven. Here James is telling us to pray when we are sick. Um, One thing to know, however, is this is not telling us that just by praying that we can cure people's sicknesses or having people from the church come over and put hands on someone with, say, cancer, um, that it would just go away. Back then, they used to believe that covering someone with oil had healing properties to it, and along with prayer, that you could be healed. Verse 16 says, Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. So we see here that we should pray when we're sinning, of course. It goes on to say that the earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. This is telling us to pray with spiritual strength. When we go to God with prayer, come to him with faith and one that's filled with power. Uh, This could, you know, possibly move the heart of God. Verse 17, Elijah was as human as we are. And yet when he prayed earnestly that no rain would fall, none fell for three and a half years. In verse 18, then when he prayed again, the sky sent down rain and the earth began to yield its crops. So this is pretty incredible here. Uh, Elijah, who was, again, as human as we are, was a righteous person that prayed with such honesty and faith. um, And he needed God's help to, you know, intervene. Um, that God actually closed the heavens for him and kept it from raining for three and a half years. Lastly, verses 19 through 20 says, My dear brothers and sisters, if someone among you wanders away from the truth and is brought back, you can be sure that whoever brings the sinner back from the wandering will save that person from death and bring about the forgiveness of many sins. This isn't mentioning prayer per se, but... Uh, It is essentially telling us to pray for those that are straying away from God. Uh, We want God to be working in their hearts and to bring them back to him. Now, I'm sure 
that, you know, we've all wondered at one point in our lives, is God even hearing my prayers? Well, the, the quick answer is yes. But, um, you know, well, yes, God is sovereign over all of his creation. Uh, he hears all. The question really we should be asking is, does God intend to answer my prayers? Uh, even though God knows all and hears all, he has given us some circumstances where he won't listen to our prayers. The first one is not confessing our sins. I, for one, uh, am constantly asking God to forgive me of my sins when I pray. There are many different times, you know, that you're going to pray. And I don't know that asking for forgiveness of your sins is something you have to do at each one. But that's just my take. When I pray before a meal or pray out loud on Thanksgiving, I don't recall ever starting it with, Lord, please forgive us of our sins. Um, when I pray for a friend who's struggling, um, I don't recall asking God to forgive us of our sins beforehand. Same thing like if I'm just happy and grateful and I'm praying to God um, you know, for the blessings of my life, I don't think I've ever started with like, Dear Heavenly Father, please forgive me of my sins and thank you for blessing my life. Um, so now just because these are times that I don't include that, um, I don't know if that's right or if that's wrong. However, I do have a deeper prayer each night and sometimes in the day where I do start by asking God to forgive me of my sins, uh, thank him for our blessings and pray to him then my requests. Okay, circumstance number two, uh, are you praying with faith? When you pray to God, uh, are you just saying it or do you truly have faith that God can or will answer your prayer? James 1.6 says, but when you ask him, be sure that your faith is in God alone. Do not waver, for a person with divided loyalty is as unsettled as a wave of the sea that is blown and tossed in the wind. Circumstance number three, uh, are you praying with the right motives, okay? Or is it more for your own selfish desires? An example might be praying that the starting pitcher might get hurt so that uh, I could get called up to go play. That's a selfish motive. Um, or maybe praying that God lets you win the Mega Millions lottery so that you can go and buy a bunch of expensive things for yourself. Again, a, a self selfish motive. Uh, circumstance number four is, are you praying that your will be done or that his will be done? Uh, if you ask anything according to God's will, he will answer it. Uh, why? Well, because you're basically saying, Lord, this is what I want, but if it's not what you have planned, then that's okay. So, you know, then God will move forward with his plan and whatever his plan is will happen. And you prayed that his will be done and it was. I uh, hope you kept track with that. Um, okay, let's take a, a look at some other areas in scripture that talks about prayer. Uh, first, I really like the parable of the Pharisee and the tax collector. Um, in verse 10, it says, Two men went to the temple to pray. One was a Pharisee, and the other was a despised tax collector. 
the Pharisee stood by himself and prayed this prayer, I thank you, God, that I am not like other people, cheaters, sinners, adulterers. I'm certainly not like that tax collector. I fast twice a week, and I give you a tenth of my income. But the tax collector stood at a distance and dared not even lift his eyes to heaven as he prayed. Instead, he beat his chest in sorrow, saying, O God, be merciful to me, for I am a sinner. I tell you, the sinner, not the Pharisee, returned home justified before God. For those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. Another one is Matthew 6, 5. It says, When you pray, don't be like the hypocrites who love to pray publicly on street corners and in the synagogues where everyone can see them. I tell you the truth, that this is all the reward they will ever get. Um, But when you pray, go away by yourself, shut the door behind you, and pray to your Father in private. Then your Father, who sees everything, will reward you. Uh, And a quick explanation on this, Jesus isn't saying that you cannot pray in public and that you can only pray in private. Um, What it is, is the Pharisees in those days, they would pray out loud on the streets, almost like a, look at how holy I am. I love God so much that I can't even wait to pray in the synagogue. Everyone look at me. Um, So that was kind of the idea. So verse 7 says, when you pray, don't babble on and on as the Gentiles do. They think their prayers are answered merely by repeating their words again and again. Don't be like them, for your father knows exactly what you need even before you ask him. So here again, context is so important, um, as it always is in scripture. For many years, I used to think this verse was telling me like, not to pray for very long. Um, I took the part that says repeating words over and over as in just saying things to say things like I just keep praying about something else and something else, Um, especially knowing the part that says, you know, God knows what you're already going to ask. So I thought, oh, I should I should keep it really minimal and and know what it is I want to say and keep it short. Uh, But if you actually look into this verse, you'll see that the Gentiles he was talking about were repeating words over and over again uh, like that that would get God's attention more. These words uh, would be repeated, usually not very clear, and sentences that just didn't make much sense. Um, So I'm going to play you a short clip from Paula White, who in my opinion is Looney Tunes. Um, And just for the record, I did not put any of this on loop myself. Um, So just have a quick listen to how this is. Take the sword of the Lord. Take the sword of the Lord. Take the sword of the Lord and divide everything that is not of you. Separate the wheat from the tear and strike 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 until you have victory. For every enemy that is aligned against you, let there be that we would strike the ground for you will give us victory, God. I hear a sound of abundance of rain. I hear a sound of victory. I hear a sound of shouting and singing. I hear a 
sound of victory. I hear a sound of an abundance of rain. I hear a sound of victory. I hear a sound of an abundance of rain. I hear a sound of victory. The Lord says it is done. The Lord says it is done. The Lord says it is done. For I hear victory, 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 victory in the quarters of heaven. In the quarters of heaven. Victory, 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 victory. For angels are being released right now. Angels are being dispatched right now. Hamanda, ata, ata, rata, teda, baka, santa, ata, ambo, osa, tata, rite, eke, banda, ata, rite, didi, asha, da. For angels have even been dispatched from Africa right now. Africa right now. Africa right now. From Africa right now. They're coming here. They're coming here. In the name of Jesus from South America. They're coming here. They're coming here. They're coming here. They're coming here. Okay. So I, I won't put you through too much more of that. Um, that is what I'm I'm talking about. And that's what the verse is talking about is this repeated kind of a chanting. Um, you know, there was some speaking of tongues there, um, which made no sense. And there's no one there to translate. Um, and if you see in the Bible, it does talk about uh, if you have no one there to translate tongues, then that person should uh, speak quietly to just themselves and God. Um, so there's a lot into this, but, uh, there's definitely some other things on here that she says that's just wacko, but yeah, I thought that'd be a fun thing to share with you guys. Uh, okay. So this next part is straight out of Greg Lowry's book, uh, start to follow. It's a book that is a short, easy read about how to be a disciple of Jesus, essentially. There was one chapter dedicated to prayer that I really liked and wanted to share with you all. Um, In Matthew 6, 9, Jesus tells his disciples to pray like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. That's also, I'm sure you guys have all heard it as the Lord's Prayer. Um, What Lowry does is an excellent breakdown of why Jesus instructed us to pray like that, uh, a guideline to try and follow. So the prayer starts with our Father in heaven. And Lowry states that before praying, we should pause for a moment and recognize the one that we are speaking to, uh, the creator of the universe, the creator of your significant other, your children, yourselves, Um, Too often we rush into prayer, not even pausing to realize who it is we're talking to. Then you have, hallowed be your name. Uh, Once we have taken the time to realize who we are speaking to, then we are reminded of his holiness. Hallowed can be translated to holy. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Lowry says, a person can't really pray your kingdom come until they can first pray my kingdom go. Whether we realize it or not, oftentimes our prayers are self-centered. We are often praying for things in our lives about what is going to be uh, going on with us. So we need to let go of our wants and needs and make sure that his will be done. Because if you pray for his will to be done, your prayers will always be answered. Uh, Give us this day our daily bread. So Jesus teaches us that before we even ask for anything, uh, we need to recognize who we are praying to, that he is holy and perfect, 
and that his will be done, not ours. Uh, I like what Lowry says here, which is, uh, notice how it doesn't say, give us this year, our yearly bread, or give us this month, our monthly bread. Um, God wants us to come to him daily. Jesus describes himself as the bread of life, and we should be coming to him daily for that fresh bread. Uh, It is just like the manna that was provided to God's children of Israel when they were wandering the wilderness. Uh, The manna, which is kind of like a bread, uh, was also sometimes called the bread of angels, would spoil after just one day. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. So these debts, of course, are our sins, um, not the bill that you racked up on your credit cards. Uh, We should always recognize our need for confession of sin. Psalm 66, 18 tells us that unconfessed sin can hinder our prayers. Uh, And hinder meaning to slow down or to delay. Um, We cannot cling onto the sin in our lives and expect God to hear our prayers. And again, to clarify, I don't mean that God literally won't be able to hear them, but he will have zero intention of answering them. Now, the second part of this verse is, as we forgive our debtors. Matthew 18, 21 says, Then Peter came to Jesus and asked him, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Up to seven times? Jesus answered, I tell you, not seven times, but 77 times. This example is not Jesus telling us literally how many times we should forgive somebody, but more showing that our forgiveness should be limitless. Now in Matthew 6:15 it says, "But if you do not forgive others their sins, your father will not forgive your sin." What this seems like and what we've mostly been taught, including myself, is that if you're not willing to forgive someone, then God will not forgive you. But we actually can know that this is not true because it'd be going against scripture. 1 John 1:9 says, "If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. What it does not add is unless you don't forgive someone else. So essentially, uh, one prayer that we can be certain that God will answer is the prayer of forgiving our sins. Psalms 103.12 says, As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. And what I love about this is it doesn't say as far as the north is from the south, because we have endpoints for those, the North Pole and the South Pole. However, there is no endpoint for east to west. Now, regarding the verse about forgiving others um, or God will not forgive you, I like the way that Lowry puts it. Uh, He says, clearly God does not make forgiving others a prerequisite for being forgiven Uh, What he is saying is this, if you have really been forgiven and understanding something of that forgiveness, then you will be forgiving of other people. If you are not forgiving of others, then I question whether you know anything of God's forgiveness in your own life. A forgiven person will be a forgiving person. Okay, so the last verse is, And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Uh, 
We must realize that apart from God, we are totally weak and that we need his guidance and power to protect us from the spiritual battles and the evil around us. Uh, If it helps, Lowry gives us an easier way to remember uh, this prayer guideline with the acronyms ACTS, that's A-C-T-S, which stands for Adoration, Confession, Thanksgiving, Supplication, or other words, Requests. Um, You may have noticed just there um, that I probably had kind of what seemed like uh, an edit or a little skip in the music. Um, I thought it would be interesting to say, uh, while I was in the middle of recording this, I had to uh, flag where all of a sudden the bedroom door opened. Um, I thought it was my wife, so I was just continuing on as normal. And I look, and it is my son standing in the doorway um, and asking me to come put him back to bed and pray with him, um, which is pretty cute. Uh, Gray is two years old, and he's super into us praying before bed, and uh, whenever he wakes up, he needs one of us to pray for him to go back to bed. So I thought, uh, what a great timing for this one. Um, Okay, so I'm just about ready to wrap this up, but before I do, I want to give five quick tips for how you could improve your prayer life. Um, And also before that, I did the key verse uh, in last week's episode where you have to look up the verse I give and either text it to me or message it to me, uh, which you can do on my Facebook page, Searching Scripture. Currently, there's only been one person who has actually done this. Um, So you still have time to get it to me before the end of the month. Um, What I'm doing for the prize this time is a custom Bible with your name uh, stamped into it. Uh, It'll be a translation that you don't have already. So I thought that was kind of a cool thing. Uh, I have multiple translations. I, I enjoy using different ones for different things. So I wanted to be able to bless somebody else with that same thing. Uh, Okay, so here are the five things to boost your prayer life. Number one, schedule a time with God. Um, We're constantly using our phones and calendars to schedule every possible thing in our life, you know. Uh, So start setting a reminder on your phone for a time that you will not be hurried or distracted. And yes, this is something that I'm going to start trying to do as well. Uh, Number two, get a prayer partner. Um, Find somebody that you can pray with, someone who will hold you accountable. For all those spouses and couples out there, take some time now and then to pray together. And, uh, you know, just really listen to what your significant other has to say to their Heavenly Father. You know, you might be surprised Uh, at what comes out that they wouldn't normally maybe be saying to you, but they felt it in their heart to be praying it out loud, um, and you just happen to get to listen. Uh, Number three, don't feel restricted to the place you pray most. If you tend to pray in a specific room all the time, don't feel like you can't just bust out in prayer no matter where you are. Um, Number four, don't feel limited by time. Uh, Your prayers can be short or they can be long. Um, God wants to hear anything and everything that you want to bring to him. So don't feel like uh, you're rambling on like I used to think. And don't feel like your prayer is too short. Uh, And lastly, number five, 
mix up your prayer. Um, Your prayer does not have to be prayed the exact same way each time. I'm especially guilty of this. For almost 10 years, I prayed the exact same prayer. And I'm not exaggerating. It was the exact same prayer, word for word. Um, Afraid that if I left something out, then that would be the day that my mom or dad wasn't safe or something would go wrong. Uh, Now, it's okay if that's how you pray. But for me, it meant I was putting my faith in the consistency and the routine of my prayer and not in who I was praying it to. And notice that even the Lord's Prayer was never said again in the rest of the New Testament, which leads me to believe that Jesus was just giving a guide on how to pray, but not telling them that they must uh, pray this ritual prayer. Okay, guys, that's going to do it for today. Please make sure to follow on whatever source you're listening from uh, so that you can catch any time a new episode drops. And also, um, remember, text me or message me on Facebook or on my Searching Scripture Facebook um, because I would love to get one of you guys out there uh, a new translation Bible customized for you um, for your Bible studies. Okay, guys, thanks for listening, and I'll catch you next time.